Hey boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and this episode I'll be getting into Vanderpump Rules, the Ice Queens episode, New Jersey uh, from Turkey with a love, and Real Housewives of Atlanta, which I have totally forgotten what the episode was called. Let me quickly look it up. The Wrong Road. So, we'll just get straight on into some V-Pump, shall we? Hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so let's get into a little V-Pump. And uh, it was an interesting episode. Um... Yeah, kind of like a lot and not much going on. Um, I guess we'll just go from the top. We kind of started out with the Lisa Vanderpump's um, Yule and Dog Meat Festival fundraising event or whatever it was. It was a bit hard to sort of discern what it was actually about. Um, But basically they got together at Lisa's you know, dog shelter where she just happens to adopt the single cutest little puppies in the entire world and um, (laughs) only adopts them out, it seems. You never see any, like, you know, one-legged dog or something with, like, an eye missing or the old ones or the sick ones. They're all just these little, like, gorgeous, curly-haired, beautiful little things that look super healthy. But any hoozles, I don't know. Excuse me, I just needed to have little sneezles. Um, yeah, so that was bizarro land. But anyway, I love that she does this Yuland, Yuland, um, you know, support every year. Um, but yeah, this was a little bit of a str- I found it difficult last year when she showed the videos. I actually had to look away. So I hope, hopefully, you know, what we've done this episode is the main kind of Yulin, um, you know, the images and stuff we'll see because I found that really hard to watch Um, and I know, like, that's the point. We shouldn't be looking away, but I don't watch Housewives to see, you know, dogs being abused and, um, yeah, that just really kind of upset me. Um, I'm a massive animal lover. I'm actually – what I'm – from Australia, but what I'm doing is traveling around the UK, um, you know, doing pet sitting. So I constantly have, I've got a little dog next to me right now, a little Shiba Inu who belongs to my friends. And I look after the lots of little rescue cats and all this kind of thing. So for me, that was really distressing. I already, you know, personally do everything I can to help little lost souls. And I just found it, I mean, look, all hands on deck, like the, we want more people, but in my Vanderpump, what we had this episode was much more appropriate. Just let people know what's going on and, um, yeah, let, you know, make a bigger, bigger show of it when people are prepared for that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that really, uh, that really, it was a lot better this time. So she just gives everyone face tattoos and everyone brings their adorable little puppies and, I guess James had been invited maybe before and he just, before he got fired and decided to still come, which I mean, that should be fine, right? Because it's a charity event, I think. I mean, it's for a good cause. You don't turn people away from a good cause. So I think, you know, I thought that that should be fine. Um, but yeah, I felt for him a lot. Um, I thought when... Lisa sat James down, pulled him aside and really had a very genuine conversation with him where she told him that she was going to talk to um, his mum. I just felt like, oh my, like Lisa is vulnerable this season. You know, we used to never see her shed a single tear or even like flinch, not like like a flinch of muscle in her face when she was you know, fighting with Kyle on Beverly Hills or in any kind of, you know, drama going on in her life. She is very stoic, very stiff upper lip. And, you know, she's been getting more and more emotional, especially when James gets upset and later when she spoke to his mum. She you can really see, and she said it herself, she said, She I feel like I have failed him in a way. 
And I can sort of understand that, like, in a lot of ways, you know, she can't accept responsibility for his actions and his addiction. But in a lot of ways, she is, I think she's definitely on, has some influence because she brought him onto this show. She accepted him onto this show, put him in knowing his mother, so therefore most likely knowing her background as an alcoholic, putting him in an environment where he's a young, what, 23-year-old boy when he started, um, putting him in an environment with people quite a bit older than him that are all drinking and partying and, you know, probably doing coke and, you know, puts him on the DJ set, sees that he's struggling quite early on and, I mean, kind of just for the sake of the show and sake of making money on See You Next Tuesday keeps him in that environment. So I know that she's like, I'm not placing, you know, all the blame on her at all, but it is, I can understand why she would feel some, you know, semblance of responsibility there. Um, But I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm really proud of James if it is true that he hasn't had any alcohol since, um, since he got fired and he does seem to be trying and it's hard, man. Like, I know he keeps falling off the wagon and keeps fucking up. But, like, I come from an addiction background. Like, you're on and off the wagon constantly. It's really hard until you get it. You know? Um, you don't get it. <laughs> it's really fucking hard. Anyway, so I found it really sad when oh, these fucking, you know, mean school bitches sit James down, Ariana and Stasi sit James down, basically tell him he's uninvited from the party. And you could see he was trying to keep it together, but he was sad. And I just felt like that's so harsh. Like just, it's a massive party. You might have a hundred people there, you know, just let him do his thing. It's, it's Katie's influence and I'm so sick of it. And, and Kristen, actually it's just all of these bitches, but If he's Ariana's friend, let her have her fucking party. Let her bring her friend. So I thought that that was really shit. And I was proud of Raquel for um, still turning up and, you know, representing her man. As Alala would say, my man. So, yeah, then we have this little um, Jackie, who is James's mum and Lisa. And I... I thought that was really beautiful and really emotional and really hard to watch. And like Lisa's like, oh my God, you look so great, Jackie, because she's been sober nine months, which is awesome. And all I could think was me and my friend were texting my little Blakey Cakey and he's like, she looks like a crack whore. And legit. I was like, she looks terrible. What did she look like before? This is horrible. This is terrible news. (sighs) So, I mean, even just seeing the way she looks, her health, her deterioration, and the way she defends James, but really has nothing to back it up. You can see how destructive, you know, she's been with her own life. And you can see in her eyes the amount of anger and pain she has. And you can see that same pain in, like forming in James and obviously he's learned from her to, you know, cover his pain and his problems with alcohol. And, you know, that's not, that's really on, on his mum, you know, um, for showing that that's an acceptable way to deal with your feelings. So, I mean, you know, and she's kind of keeps deflecting and says, oh, Lisa, don't take, oh, I broke my heart. When, when she's like, don't take his see you next Tuesday. Don't take his Tuesdays. And, you know, she's like, you're, you're, you're like his mother figure. And Lisa's like, well, no, you're his mother figure. I thought that was really powerful. But you can still see that Lisa has so much responsibility, like the weight of the world on her shoulders. Because she knows it's hard. If, you, if he loses everything, what's holding him back from getting, you know, day drunk and just like, fucking destroying himself even more it's a really difficult balance so yeah I thought that that was hard and Lisa's head in her hands and she was you know holding back tears and it was just really really powerful so then Lisa goes and pops in on James and his little face oh my god he just looked so happy and relieved and just like (gasps) 
it was like Santa Claus had just shown up on his doorstep. All his Christmases had come at once. I just really thought that was really nice of her and just to not give up on him because, you know, a lot of people do when you're, when you're, uh, when you're an addict, you're an, you're an asshole and you're selfish and that's what James is doing. He's in pain, he's an addict and he's spiraling. You can see how different he is when he's sober. Lisa mentioned it as well, you know. He is a really beautiful, kind-hearted, sensitive person when he is sober. It's just that he has obviously got so much deep-seated pain. I think from the bullying, I think from, you know, he mentioned what last season or a couple seasons ago that he was bullied and some kids broke his leg from like a Chinese burn or something. That's fucked up. You know, and that's just one big incident, but it's probably day in and day out bullying. You can see that he's, you know, he presents as this cocky kind of really narcissistic person, but it's because he's hiding so much sadness and insecurity. Growing up with an addict mum, you know, that's never going to be easy. We don't know if she was um, physically or emotionally abusive or just neglectful, you know. And obviously mirroring mirroring bad behaviours. So I don't know. I've got a lot of time for, for James. I know a lot of people don't like him. But I do, I do think he should probably go to rehab and take a little breather. Go to some 12-step meetings. Um, I mean, he might be doing that. He might just not want to show it. But I think he's probably not. <laughs> I think I think we would see. I think we would know. They would talk about it and you know be proud of him and stuff if they if he did that. But yeah, so he sort of seems needs to show a little bit more that he's um, working toward cleaning up his act and not just kind of you know um, white knuckling it and cold turking it and other metaphors for not drinking. So yeah, that was um, yeah that was it was a pretty powerful moment I'm actually getting a little bit choked up I just I don't know I see a lot of James in in me when I was a when I was a young warthog sorry (laughs) what else we had to go look at um Lala's and Brittany's bums learn about their how to what what the fuck a butt facial is don't care um loving Lala's new dark hair she looks phenoms but I'm not loving her this season I don't know maybe I've been following her in her life too much on Instagram I'm just kind of fatigued with her I used to just adore her and think that you know she was the feminist role model that we were waiting for and now I'm just sort of like ugh. every time she's on screen every time she speaks I'm like next please and I'm the same with Brittany just I'm sick of the nice girl act. You're boring me. You're basic. I'm a bit fatigued with all the characters, actually, except James. I love James. James is my new Jax. I used to love love and support Jax, even though he's clearly a narcissist, narcissistic sociopath. But I just... No one gets that way on their own. Well, the sociopathic. That's just... That's just in your makeup. Anyway, enough about me trying to podcast diagnose because I'm not a doctor I'm just a nutritionist any hoozles enough about moi so yeah then we learn during the little butt facials um that is it Lala tells Brittany that Tom um was sort of questioning whether or not you know, it's a great idea to marry um, marry Brit, or was it just because he'd lost his dad and he's on, what did he say, the dad bandwagon or something? The, like, I was just like, that is so rude. When you lose a parent, it changes your entire outlook. It changes your entire life. It changes everything. So, oh, he said the dad kick. I think he's on the dad kick. I don't want him to be marrying her because of, he's on the dad kick. I was just like, well, fucking hell. Like, if anything changes somebody, especially someone like Jax, who is so bent out of shape, you know, such a toxic person, really, if somebody changes them for the better and makes them want to settle down and, you know, be a better person, whether or not it lasts, you know, he's looking at bettering his life. He wants to have, you know, a family. He wants to be with this woman and make her his family, like Brittany was saying too. 
if it's if it's because he's on a dad kick in inverted commas i think that's great <laughs> i don't think that's a problem you know i've lost a parent it is you know it's life changing it is life changing and it will change the way that you see re- your relationships and you know your your partner in life and you know i just think that it makes perfect sense and obviously you know tom doesn't really he, he if you haven't had the experience you just don't know so i think you know he's he's a, he can question it as much as he wants but he wrong i think he's wrong he just it's just he's it's just ignorant on the topic i love tom though i do love sandoval and i think um yeah, he has a lot to offer, but yeah, I think Jax is a little bit right that he's a little bit jelly belly about the fact that Tom's not getting engaged. Because um, I think Tom would love a wedding. Can you just imagine? He would just get all decked out. He would go, you know, balls to the wall, full costume. You know, the whole flower arrangement, the venue. Every he would plan every detail to the T and love it. It's probably like he, you know, he's been planning his little scrapbook since he, since he was just a twinkle in his father's eye, his little wedding scrapbook, picking out all the bow ties and tuxes that would just fit perfectly for the situation. But, um, yeah, it's not going to happen with Ariana. She's a cold hearted bitch. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Like she is, but that doesn't mean you know, I'm not so much of a wedding gal myself, but I think, you know, I don't think she's right for him. I don't know. I just, she's, I'm just off her as well. Not that I was ever really into her. I like her kind of, um, no nonsense attitude, but I think there is a lot of, a lot we're not seeing, a lot of darkness behind the eyes, a lot of pain. Um, and we've heard like little glimmers of it with her emotionally abusive ex-boyfriend and, her self-conscious um, nature with her body. But, yeah, there's still some layers to her that, like, some pieces of the puzzle that still haven't kind of made themselves clear just yet. So then we have the climax of the show, of the episode, and they have the winter birthday bash between Ariana and Stasi, which, first of all, really weird. Um, I kind of love how Stasi's in every talking head she's just talking about how she basically like seduced ariana or forced her into loving her (laughs) just like kind of followed her around badgering her until she was like fine we'll be friends um their makeup looked awesome i love the costume obviously obviously i loved the effort sandoval put into his outfit did not love that weird headpiece the silver hair it kind of just reminded me of one of those cheap um was it tinsel wigs that you get from that like Miley Cyrus wore that one time at some music event? Um, you know, those ones that you get from like a really cheap party shop for like a dollar. That's what it reminded me of. And it looked way too in like, he, I think he put way too much effort into it and probably spent a fortune on it for it to look like that. He's wearing those creepy um, contact lenses as well. Super intense. But I thought he looked cool. I thought, like, I just love the effort everyone made. Everyone except Sheena's new beau, who was just wearing, like, some white fuzzy hat. And it just really annoyed me. I'm like, everyone is literally dressed up to the nines, Game of Thrones style, you know, and he's just like winter princesses, all this kind of really full on intense stuff. And he's just wearing a fluffy hat and some white shoes. And I was like, dude, you know, if you're going to be on my TV, make an effort or get off. Shit or get off the pot, dude. I hate that saying. I'm really sorry. And the other person who I was really disappointed with their outfit was, um, what's his name? Tom too. Tom Schwartz. Yeah, that's it. Schwartzy. Yeah, so he's so memorable. I've been watching him for, what, seven seasons? And his name, it literally is the same name as one of the other cast members. And he's so bland to me. I cannot ever remember his name. So I call him Tom too. Anyway, what the fuck was he dressed as? I think he was, well, they they showed that clip of him next to that Santa's gnome or garden gnome or something. Where he's kind of doing the same twirly head thing. And I guess he was dressing up as one of Santa's 
elves, but I thought it was pretty lame as well. Um, and I didn't, I just didn't get it watching it. Um, wasn't, wasn't into it. And then I thought it was so fucking funny how Stacy was like describing everyone's awesome outfits and blah, blah, blah. And then she's just like, and Sheena came as Stacy. <laughs> and she did. She looked exactly like Stacy, like a cross between Stacy and Ariana. It was actually halal. I loved, um, actually liked her in blonde hair. It looks cute. Not for, you know, every day, but has a little Porsche-esque hair change, you know, mix it up every now and then, not too bad. Sheena annoyed me, but didn't annoy me that much this episode. What was she doing on, oh, she posted something on Instagram, I think it was yesterday, and it was just like, she was promoting some like workout thing, because she's got that new online ebook um, com- coming out, or it's already out, about her like weight loss journey. Which, bitch, you just stopped eating. You're on, <coughs> excuse me, on skinny tea and, you know, vodka shots. Um, that, I mean, like, it's going to work. It's not not going to work. Chuck in a bit of Adderall and you're laughing. But it's not really a sustainable diet that I could sell it, like, make an entire ebook. I mean, though, an ebook doesn't have to be long. Like, you know, it could be just a page. Who's to say? Selling for $9.99 or some shit. Anyway, so she posted something on Instagram yesterday and um, she put, like, a photo of her working out at the gym looking, you know, super skinny and toned and fit and with this huge caption, like, I can't believe that 99% of the girls that are giving me hate are, or people that are giving me hate are female, like, stand up for feminism and like, you know, don't body shame other women and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, and all the comments, I went through some of the comments because it just pissed me off so much that she's claiming this is a feminist issue. And all of the comments are just like, Sheena, people don't hate you because they're not, because you're like a woman or because they're, you know, body shaming or whatever. They hate you because you're really fucking narcissistic neurotic and annoying (laughs) and it made me laugh because it's true oh sheena (sighs) anywho we get toward the end of the night starcy slinks away starts taking off her makeup it's like quarter to two or just about two two a.m and they show her sort of very quickly losing her mind and I can, it looked like she looks like an insane person, but I can actually relate to this. <laughs> not, not, like it's tragic to admit, but when you're drunk, it's 2am, you want to go to bed and you want your boyfriend with you. And she was just like calling him every minute, texting, come to bed, I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. And then she just loses it when he doesn't answer after two minutes throws the phone on the floor, screams like a banshee, shudders the phone, and she's just like, "Ah!" (laughs) it killed me. So I was just like, yeah, you're a psycho, but I completely understand. She was just drunk and needy and, you know, just wanted somebody to cuddle her. And she said, I wanted somebody to make make me feel like I was okay. I'm like, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been the drunk crazy bitch you know anyway we'll see I don't know I think they're still together any hoozles and I think he probably understands that she's a bit of a psycho and I think she'll also wake up in the morning and be like sorry I remember them having a conversation in the next episode but I can't in the preview for next episode but I can't remember how that went down anyway I think they'll be just fine so I think that's I think that's enough for one little VP episode because I am almost at the half half an hour mark. And yeah, so finally we had an exciting episode. I've been a little bit like bored with Vanderpump the last couple of weeks. So it's nice to have a little bit, something a bit more exciting. Um, next, I think I'll get into a little bit of Joyzy and we'll see where we go from there. Right off the bat, I'm confused. 
why am I in Turkey following Jennifer around without any of the other housewives? I don't care about Jennifer. This is the first time I've actually remembered her name since the start of the entire season. She's a brat. She's a pain in the ass. I enjoy her when she's with the other women simply because she really pushes all their buttons and she's, you know, so insanely pretentious and materialistic that it's hilarious. But watching her alone in Turkey with her family that I don't know and I'm not invested in and know nothing about, I barely know her, um, or seeing her with her five fucking children and, you know, very strange, stiff as a board husband. No, no, just not interested. I really, really don't care about her brother's um, marriage or engagement party or whatever the fuck they're doing. I mean, what, we met her brother once, maybe twice for a few minutes. I re- like, I am literally baffled about why I should care. Ugh. But anyway, I've jumped ahead. Um, so let's backtrack a little. Um, so we have the meeting between Jackie and Teresa and basically Jackie just sitting Teresa down and being like, look, you cannot ever yell at me again. I'm a grown ass woman and I have self-respect and I love the way she speaks. She keeps a solid tone. She doesn't ever yell. She doesn't get fired up. She just makes her statement and holds that statement. And, um, and I think that she's awesome. She's a really great contribution to the show and I'm happy to have her, especially with Teresa. Um, but yeah, Teresa is just basically like, all right, well, I'm going to listen and I'm going to accept it because I'm new Teresa. But this is strike two. Let's see what happens. But three strikes and you out, bitch. So that's basically the vibe that Teresa's giving off. I think they've, you know, patched it up so far as it can be patched up. But I thought Teresa was also pretty you know, on the ball and like said what she felt, which was basically like, look, I understand what you're saying. You've been your parent, you know, you had your parents were in trouble with the, which say IRA as well. And, you know, it was tough and blah, blah, blah. But I'm living this right now in the moment. And I have four young daughters and, you know, it just was inappropriate. Um, it wasn't like a, something you could laugh about after the fact or be like, oh, thank God that's over. It's like, this is her reality right now. So I can understand why she was sensitive. I probably have lost my mind as well. Um, but I understood where Jackie was coming from as a point, like making that, that point. Um, but yeah, Teresa, you know, it was a good conversation and I'm glad they had it, had it. And I think that they, you know, I think moving forward, they'll probably still be rocky, but they basically sorted it out. Um, interested to see how everything plays out with Jackie and Jennifer. Uh, yeah. So then we catch up with Dolores and Frankie and Frank. And um, the whole gang. And I'm just, I'm so sick of this house flipping stuff. Whereas we had it in Potomac. Now we've got it again here. I don't care. I want to see you like do random holidays in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> Some stupid shit like an OC in New York. And I don't care about your house flipping and your floors and your ceilings and your walls and your windows and your, what doorknobs you're going to choose and how you're going to furnish this house and I, honestly, like that stuff, I've never felt. Like, I get some people are interested in it, but house decorating and house building has never been anything I've been interested in. Actually, causes me anxiety. So I just, I just find that stuff really tedious and boring. Until it all comes out, and maybe we learned this, but for me, it felt like new knowledge. I was like, hold the phone, a tick. Um, we learned that. Bloody Frank, Catania, Dolores's, well, I don't know if that's, I guess that's his last name. Frank's, uh, Dolores's previous husband, Frank, uh, Frank Jr.'s father, um, was cheating on her with, as he said, whores. Just don't go doing what I did, Frankie. Uh, don't go messing around with whores. Like it was nothing. 
like said it to his his what 18 19 year old son in front of his ex-wife like they've obviously just you know this is just part of the family like what everyone talks about what everyone knows and I was just like whoa like if even if that happened you know in well I don't know what a regular family is but if that had happened in my family I would never have heard about it and that's the way I would like it I never want to think of anybody in my family having sex let alone on a bloody yacht with like women in bikinis, hooers in bikinis. I don't want to think about my dad that way. What the fuck? That was so intense for me. Anyway, at least I guess each to their own. But I thought the um, scene between um, Frankie and Frank and Teresa, where they're all you know getting ready for their individual bodybuilding competitions and stuff, was quite cute. And I like. I like Frank and Teresa's friendship um, that's developing through their training. I think that that's really cute. But telling her that she still will have to lose 12 pounds? What the fuck? From where? Your eyeballs? What are you going to do? Squeeze the tears out and hope that your eyeballs like shrivel up a little and you can lose a, a few grams of millimeters of, of weight in tears? Uh, it's honestly mind blowing to me. I don't know where she could possibly scrape any more fat off her sinewy frame from, but um, all power to her, I guess. Anywho, then we go to Margaret. Oh, I love my little pigtail, Margaret. She's just the sweetest little shining star of the group. With Jackie and Melissa showing up and they're doing um, the little goodie bags, packing the goodie bags for Dolores's charity event later, which is so nice. Um, yeah, I mean, don't love Dolores. I think she's boring, but I think it's a really sweet thing to do. And I think it's, you know, I think she has a good heart. I'm not sure that she is housewives worthy, but she has a good heart and that's good for the world. Usually housewives, not great for the world, great for television. Um, so, you know, she's doing her thing. Anyway, so Margaret's supporting that event with these goodie bags that look lovely. And what, <laughs> but what was killing me? Was it, um, is it Malena? Whatever her assistant's name is. Oh my God. She was an absolute fucking star. Just hovering around the background, trying to pack these bags but doing getting everything wrong every step of the way she was cracking me up and I love Margaret's patience with her it's just oh my god so she must be the housekeeper because I know we've seen her before but I've just really never paid attention to what her actual job in Margaret's life is um but they brought up how Jennifer mentioned that she'd have impromptu bag checks when her housekeeper leaves which is so gross and so petty and just ugh, just another reason to not like Jennifer. Um, but Margaret was talking about that, which makes me think that it must be, she must also be a housekeeper. And Ma, Ma, Marlena, I'm just going with Marlena. I can't remember if that's her real name, but it was something like that. She's like, Marlena was like, yeah, if you ever did that to me, I'll tell you to go fuck off. <laughs> it's like, good. If anyone ever, ever, I've worked as a nanny, I've worked as an au pair, if anyone ever did that to me, I would just be like, I would hope that I would have the balls to tell them to go F themselves, but I'd probably just slink away and go home and cry and come back the next day, (laughs) do it all over again. (laughs) That's the thing, like we don't stand up for it. I'm a strong person and I wouldn't even feel comfortable saying something in that situation. So how dare you put people in those those difficult positions? It's really gross. I hate it. Dolores's event was really, really sweet. I actually got a little bit emotional. I rarely shed a tear um, watching any of my Bravo, but uh, I didn't sleep well last night, so I'm a bit tired. And I have to say, I did get a bit emo. It was just, it really was touching. And, you know, hearing these women's stories I'm gonna get emotional again hearing these women's stories and a lot of them coming from you know domestic violence and having to flee with their small children these little babies Joseph oh my god it just really 
you know, you'd have to be dead inside for that to not touch your heart and really, you know, make you feel just so, it was just so, so sad. Um, but I'm really, I'm really proud of Dolores and happy that, that the, that she did the event, organized the event, gave these women just a day of pampering. And at first when I heard the idea, I was like, what? Like, don't they just need, like, give them some food, give them somewhere to stay. But these are the kinds of things that you would just never, ever do for yourself. You wouldn't give yourself a little massage or a cheeky manicure and like the toiletries, the bags, you know, how there's a lot of, um, problems with, you know, access to, for homeless people, homeless women in particular, um, access to sanitary items and stuff like that. And I just thought, that is so awesome. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm stoked for the women just to have like a, a day where they get to connect with each other and it's fun and it's relaxed and they, you know, get to bring their children and the children can have a decent bite to eat. Um, it broke my heart when that little boy said he just had you know, a packet of chips for breakfast. And so, yeah, I thought that that was, it showed a really a nice, a nice side to her. And, um, I mean, I've always thought that Dolores has, is a, is a badass motherfucker. Like she's a strong bitch, but you can see that she has a beautiful heart and she's very loving and kind. So I think she's the perfect person to be hosting such a a wonderful event. And then polar opposite. We go back to Turkey so yeah, back from Turkey and um, basically blah, blah, blah. That was really boring. They do the whole um, promise of engagement thing. Who cares? Because once again, they're not characters that we've been invested in. We don't know these people. I don't want to hear about your celibacy and, you know, making babies and all this bullshit. I don't care. Anyway, so straight away... Um, Jennifer and Dolores head over to Teresa's and basically just for Teresa to spill the beans that uh, I'm getting everyone's name. Margaret um, has said that potentially it could be like a male order bride situation because their brother's 45 and they didn't know if he would ever get married. And <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, she, this girl looks about 25. So I'm not putting it past a 90-day fiancé situation. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I'm just not completely ruling it out. And, uh, yeah, she... Jen, Jennifer, um, of course, is... Like, that's really offensive, blah, blah, blah. But she's still more upset about the Jackie's article situation. I mean, for fuck's sake... It sounds like the article wasn't even that bad and, in fact, quite complimentary. But anyway, I'm excited because we're going to have a little argument between them next week, it looks like. What else? What have I forgotten? Oh, um, that little dinner for Joey Gorga for his eighth birthday and how rude Joe was being to Melissa and condescending and patronizing and belittling in front of their daughter about um, working in a clothing store and basically being like, oh, do you want to make money? Do you want to look at the menu? You don't have to worry about money or you want to sell some clothes and you have to look at the menu, you have to look at the prices. I thought that was so gross. Look, I, there are lots that, there's lots of times that I love Joe Gorga and think that he's funny and adds quality to the show. But then there's things like this and when she was opening... Eve is Eve. What's it called? Envy. Um, a few years ago, and how he was just horrible that whole season. Never once believed in her. She's had it going this whole time. You know, most businesses fail within the first year. Of all housewife businesses, she's doing pretty well, like sustaining it very well, actually. So, yeah, I think it's time for him to start believing in her. Otherwise, it's just going to end in divorce, and it's just—is this not painting a nice picture for his daughter? And I'm. And I always think Melissa holds it together really well in front of people, but I hope she's ripping him a new asshole behind closed doors because that's unacceptable. Anyway, so yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was gross. 
But overall, um, yeah, pretty good episode. Interesting. You know what? Like, I'm going to say it. Of all the shows I'm watching right now, I, I honestly didn't even think I would cover New Jersey. But I think it might be my favorite housewife that I'm watching at the moment. I am pumped for the new season of Beverly Hills to come out. I'm just waiting with bated breath. I need some Eric and Jane in my life. Okay, so I'm going to speed through Atlanta. Um, uh, just because I am sick of hearing my own voice. But basically the whole episode surrounds the whole... Basically a scene that we didn't even get to see. So I really hate when they do that. Um, they probably drag out all season as well. Basically, um, Portia was invited to Candy's party that she was throwing for Todd's 40th birthday. And um, Portia got jealous because there was one of her man's exes kind of roaming around. And look, it sounds like... Who knows with Portia because she's a dramatic or... But... Um, it sounds like this girl was doing more than just, you know, like sidling up to him. It sounds like there was a bit of flirtation and she was kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit. And we all know that Portia has some anger issues and she got pissed. So she had some kind of argument. It sounds like an argument, but um, they're both obviously selling it from their own points of view. Portia obviously wants to downplay it a little bit. She just said she puffed out her chest to kind of, you know, exert, like show her presence and be like, come on girl, like get, get out of the way basically. Um, and Candy's like, no, she shoved her and all the, like with her tits, like she pushed, pushed her. And anyway, who knows? But Candy kicked her out of the party. Um, obviously, you know, Candy didn't know she was pregnant, so they have this big screaming match when they finally confront each other. Um, and that, you know, that was kind of... I don't know. I've never been pregnant. I don't know how much... You know, I know lots of people, like, do lots of, like, intense exercise and stuff when they're pregnant, so I don't know if, you know, that kind of anger and aggression is a, a real problem, but it can't be good for the little bugalug inside her bell bell. What the fuck did I just say? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> the little bugalug inside her belly. Um, and the bugalug is her baby. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't love that fight just because the whole time I was like, oh, God, she's pregnant, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. And now all the girls, you know, well, not all the girls, but a couple of them had known. Like, she announced it to... Um, uh, Nini and Cynthia and what's her friend's name? I f- always forget her name. The other one who's also preggers. So, which was cute. I loved their reaction. They were all just so happy for her. Um, but yeah, the whole time that was happening, I sort of felt like, oh, I know that um, Cynthia was trying to step in, but it just, I mean, she also didn't, she also knew that the other girls didn't know that she was pregnant. So it was hard to kind of, step in and give too, to be, to be too much in, in the drama and kind of be like, bitch, you pregnant, shut up. So yeah, that was tough to watch. I'm glad, I was glad when Candy left. And I was also glad that Portia stood up for herself. I don't know. I love Portia and Candy annoys me. So I think Candy's really manipulative in how she plays the game. She always, she pushes people's buttons, but she finds a way you know, in kind of in a way that everyone used to say Lisa Vanderpump did that. Like she is, she can see the bigger picture and she's kind of manipulating things like a puppet master. Um, she'll never do outright do the dirty work, but she kind of pulls the strings and, you know, whispers in a certain person's ear that she knows it's going to get back to, or, you know, invites this person's ex to a party. So that this kind of fight breaks out and action happens. And, that I see Candy does a lot of that stuff and I really, I really hate that. I feel like it's just so insincere and, um, I don't know. It's, it's just manipulative. I really, I really, I would rather someone just outright say to my face, look, you did me wrong and this is why. And, you know, I'm pissed off about it and I'm never going to get over it. Like we can't be friends. We're on the same show, but we're not friends. And at least I know where I stand with that person. But as soon as they, you know, start, pulling strings behind closed doors. I'm like, that's so shady. And I really hope that 
you know, once everybody, once Portia's pregnancy is out in the open, Candy will just back off a bit because she obviously came into this season with a chip on her shoulder, wanting to bring Portia down. And it's just, you know, like this is the first time we've genuinely seen Portia so happy in such a long time. She's settled with Dennis. I like Dennis. I'm still not, you know, hundred percent convinced, but I think he's happy at the baby and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I think Candy just needs to bugger off for a little while. Just quieten down. Honestly, swap her out for Phaedra. I want Phaedra back. I restarted following her on Instagram and I'm just like so missing her now. She looks so beautiful. Her boys are growing up. They look so cute. Oh, I just love her. Like I've, I can forgive and forget. That's the thing about housewives, right? Like (laughs) there's always some kind of crazy drama going on, but it's just sort of like by the time the next season rolls around, we've forgotten what happened. We've forgotten why we were grumpy. And yeah, I don't know. Candy, she's got enough going on. On to the next one. Bring me some Phaedra. Really not sure why Tanya's still around. And But I like Tanya better than Shamia. What the fuck was going on with Shamia's little <laughs> couple date with those that older couple? That was really strange and they just, it was almost like a couple's therapy or something, but they didn't want to announce it that way. They're like, yeah, these are our friends that we just chat with sometimes. I really didn't get that and I don't really know, I wasn't entertained by it, don't know the purpose of it. Yeah, that was odd. If anyone knows what the fuck that was about, who those random people were, um, please let me know because I would love to understand but yeah, uh, still, all this time, what, we episode seven or something now? I'm still not into Shamia. Oh my God, episode 10. Like, she's just not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Stop trying to make Shamia happen. In it. I'm not into it. Um, we had that weird little moment between Cynthia and her new boyfriend, Mike, where, I mean, she was like, ready to marry, like walk down the aisle as soon as he arrived. She was like, look, we've only been dating a couple months, but if that's what he's, you know, here for, why not? (laughs) I was like, damn, bitch. (laughs) I think she's the kind of person like me that she believes in love and she's just like, and she still believes in marriage and she's just, you know, she's kind of like Portia as well. Like she'll jump in head first and, you know, let the, let the walls burn down around her if, if that happens, you know, but she wants to see what happens because she's all in. And I love that. I actually like watching it from the outside. I can see how insane it looks because I do exactly the same thing. And my friends are always like, slow down. But it is, um, it's just like once you're in the momentum of the moment and you're in love and you're having great sex, it's just like, yes, let's get married. Let's like move to bloody Roma and start a new life. Like <laughs> you just want to just like, I don't know, jump in head first and see what happens. But I was gutted for her when they sat down and he's just like, Cynthia. I want to ask you a question. Would you be my lady? I was just like, huh? I think my face did exactly the same of what Cynthia was working so hard not to portray on her face. You could see the what the fuck behind the eyes because in her mind, they were already um, monogamous. They were already official. So it's kind of just like, I'm sorry, what you say? Are you saying that now they're like, have you been seeing other people? It was, I don't know. It was, I, it was, seemed produced. I didn't like it. And I mean, look, obviously she forgave them because they spent the rest of the afternoon having wild sex, but, um, on the counter, on the kitchen counter, apparently. <laughs> uh, I love Cynthia's laugh. She's just like, She's so youthful. Like she, when she laughs, she just sounds like a, a cheeky teenager, and she's just—I just love it. But yeah, I'm not really sure what else to to give you. We got introduced to Tanya's hibachi room, 
which I had no idea. I had to look up what that is. I honestly thought that was the name of a sex toy or something. I'm like, is this another Carlton situation with a sex dungeon? I was very confused. <laughs> but apparently, for anyone who doesn't, is as confused as I was. Um, apparently, it's uh, like one of those places you go to and they, they have like a, um, a bench that for like... I think it's um, Japanese food that they cook on directly onto the, the giant hot plate. I don't know. Could be wrong. Maybe I've just made that up. That was what my Google search came up, but I didn't know how to spell it. So I could be completely wrong. <laughs> oh, well, my bad. Uh, so I don't know. Um, other than that, Eva mentions a, um, a trip, a little girl's trip. Because she deserves that. I mean, of course. My mom always says, you know, deserves is a very interesting concept. Do we ever really deserve anything? Um, so, yeah, I struggle to use that word just because of my mom's in my head. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I can't. Did she even mention where they were going? Well, I guess we'll see what happens. Hopefully that's the next episode. I really need these girls on a trip. Um, I know they, they just went on one. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm ready to go again. Let's go. As many trips as possible. Oh, that's right. They were going... They span the um the globe. I just remembered. So they are thinking of going... Well, they were, what they say? They, her finger landed on North Korea. And they're just like... Maybe I'll just shift my finger a little. Oh, Japan. That's a great idea. <laughs> that was so fussy. Now the hibachi room makes sense. See, there you go. I'm putting two and two together. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed, but I eventually I get there. What can I say? All right. Well, it's been a long one today. Um, hopefully I haven't babbled on too much and you're not so sick of my screeching. Um, I certainly am. But yeah, um, as always, I don't have the social media set up to my specific um, reality TV and me a name or handle, but I do have my music accounts, um, that I sort of use for everything. So you're welcome to follow me on those on, I don't have Twitter, but on Insta, I am the handles at Kirsten Moore underscore music. And that's more with double O. And then on Facebook, it's the same. Uh, it's actually Kirsty, not Kirsten on Facebook. So it's Facebook slash Kirsty Moore music. Or go to the website, kirstenmoore.com.au, and it'll link you up to Urten. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Bye.